Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, episode number 13. I'm your host, Heather, and today we are talking about website audits for owners. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please pass me a seatbelt. So first off, this is not going to be a super technical, code-based, meta tags, all that stuff kind of information because the majority of people don't really need that. What I want you looking at when you look at your website is, is this something that you're proud of? Does it do what you want it to do? And are you super excited to show everyone from your mom to your high school bully exactly what you're up to online just by using your website. So most people start out, they make a website, they come to me and they're like, I just need to be online. I need to just put, put me online. And we start talking and they'll, I'll send them website shopping. What, what kind of sites do you like? And all of those things. And then when they come back, I'll say, okay, now what is your goal for this site? Because most people are really just guessing about their website performance. Is it doing well? I don't know. What's it supposed to do? Is, is it doing its job? I don't know. What's its job supposed to be? So we need to know from the first second we open it up, right? That first we call top of above the fold or top of page. There's no fold anymore, but still kind of using the same um, media terms as for newspapers. So the above the fold stuff, whether it's on mobile or on desktop, I should be able to pretty much tell from your above the fold what the goal of your site is. Is it to sell to me? Is it to inform me? Is it about introducing me to your brand? Who is it aimed at? Is it aimed at women or men or quirky people or crunchy granola people or corporate people? There's a whole lot that that above the fold thing should really, really state. So the first thing you need to pick is the goal of your website, because we're going to be telling you to measure, measure your Google analytics. And you're like, okay, so is five people good? Is getting 10% of our sales from our website good? You kind of need to tell me because once we have a base number, we have something to grow off of. If you don't even have a base number, you're not really ready to do this audit. So look at what you would want. If I could wave a magic wand and give you exactly the website functioning that you wanted, what would that look like? Would it look like a thousand new people hitting your page every day because you want like global domination? Would it be, you know, 10 people coming back regularly and always buying from you because you only need to serve a small niche amount of people because your product is basically expensive enough to pull that off. So you need to decide your goal and then everything else gets measured off of that goal. So yes, you do need to be proud of your site as it is, but you also need to be proud of what it does. You should be looking at your Google Analytics. Google Analytics is free. There's code you can put onto your site. Unfortunately, it does not go backwards. Like there's no backdating of information. So if you need to set up a new Google Analytics account because you can't get into your old one or whatever reason, you don't, unfortunately, you don't get that old information. But if you could talk to the person who has it and get them to give you a report, at least you'll have the information to jump off of going forward. 
So Google Analytics, there's certain things that you should really, really be looking at. That's going to be another podcast, don't worry. But there's a couple things I want you to really note. If you have a high bounce rate, that means more people are bouncing away from you than are staying. And that means you're, either your marketing is off or your site has technical difficulties, like it's slow to load or the SEO is not right because people are hitting it and going, oh, that's not what I wanted. So if you're, it's kind of like golf with your, the bounce rate, the lower it is, the better it is. Same exact thing. The fewer people who leave your page when they hate your page, the better off you are. The other big thing that you're going to want to look at is new users versus returning users. And people are always like, why is this a key indicator? Well, it is because if you have, let's say, 90% new users and only 10 people are returning, you're going to have to be churning out the marketing to keep those 90% back, like to always have new people coming in the door. And let's say you have only returning people. Well, unless you're not looking to grow ever, you need to have some new people in the mix. So we try to get as close to 50-50 as we can, 50 new and 50 returning, 50% new, sorry, and 50% returning. That means your marketing is very healthy and it's always bringing new people in the door. And the people who have come in the door are happy and are returning. They're coming back to you. They like you. They like your site. Your site does the thing it's supposed to do. Caveat here being some sites are kind of set up to only work once. Like if somebody's buying a house, they might hit a whole bunch of sites a couple of times and then go away. If you are one of those one-time purchase places, then you're, you're going to understand that you're going to need to constantly have a flow of new people. And you certainly shouldn't beat yourself up too much if you don't always have a lot of people returning because most people don't buy houses every week or two or cars every week or two or things like that. So look at, again, look at your goal because your goal will indicate what measures you need to be looking at. The other big thing about Google Analytics is when owners get introduced to their own analytics, they tend to go a little bat crap crazy which I get because I do the same thing. It's on my dashboard of my, of my website and it's on these things and I'm like, oh, nobody looked at me the last six hours. Only 10 people were on the site this hour. Oh my goodness, does it matter? I will drive myself a lot less crazy if I look at these things and set my goals quarterly because we really can't track the daily stuff. The daily stuff could be me logging into my computer or somebody else going, why is she so freaking stressed out about this? Her site is fine. Over a quarter, you'll get to measure trends. I want you measuring your trends every quarter. And again, with the goal in mind, I want you to have a certain number of people you want to be hitting your site and then increase that by 10% next quarter, increase it by 10% the next quarter, increase it by 10% the next quarter. But if you don't have a baseline, you will have no idea what's good and what's not good. So that's measurement. The second really big thing is be your own guest. Remember I said that your mother and your high school bully should both be kind of impressed by this website? The most important person to impress are your ideal client avatars. So picture the very best client, best customer, best contact. Picture them looking at your site. What do they see? Go through the entire experience that you want clients to go through and then figure out if you're proud. 
Are you happy to have your most expensive make or break, this is a whole new ball game client, hit your website as it is right now? And if you just say, no, it's all crap, forget it, I can't do this, that's not true either. I promise there are sparks of light in every ugly and dated website I've seen. There absolutely are. I want you to write down the things that are bothering you because those are now tasks that you can fix and it's not emotional anymore. We do get just as emotional over our websites as we did as kids over our school pictures. We, it's, it's one of those things. It's a knee-jerk thing. Well, if you don't like my site, ugh. Or if you hate your own site, it's like you hating your own Christmas pictures and then your mom sending them out to all the relatives. Like it's just that thing. And there's a lot of emotion bound up in it. So if you can write down, break down the things you don't like and write down the tasks that you need to take to fix them, all of a sudden, everything looks better. And if that is everything from the top of the page to the bottom of the page, what you've determined is that you need a new website. That's okay too. But all of it removes the idea of emotion and removes the idea of, well, this is what I like and this is what I want. Because a lot of times what people like and want kind of stem from the first couple of websites that they saw. So whatever that date was, that's kind of what websites are supposed to look like. And of course, websites are supposed to look way different than they were 10 years ago. So sometimes you'll hit a site and you're like, oh, yes, I'm very, very proud of this. And then you'll go look at somebody else's site and be like, oh, Everything they did is better, huh? Okay. Again, take the emotion out of it. You're just auditing this as if it's any other business function. You're not concerned about the value of it. You're concerned about the function of it. So did these things look good? Did these things click well? Can I get wherever I want to go in like three clicks? Or are you lost when you try to go through your menus? Well, where did I put that piece of content? Well, where's that important thing? Where's this? Where's that? Once you set your goals, go through the path you would have clients and customers go through and see how easy it is or see how much you've hidden those things underneath text that you thought was pretty darn important at the time. Then the next step is I want you to become a little bit familiar with SEO. You do not need to have complete expertise, but there are a few things that you can look at and go, okay, this is definitely it. One of them is headlines. In HTML, we call them H1. There's H1 and H2, H3, H4, H5, and then a P. P just means paragraph. So P is like the regular text. Anything that's bigger, we have said it is important. So when Google reads through and it sees H1 website development, they know that this is a site about website development. If they saw H1 work with us, that means nothing. So you can go through and just look at the headers that you've created. Just look at the lines that take up the most space because that's what Google does. That's how Google decides what your site is about or um, a part of it. Does that draw people in? Does the big, big text on your site or anything that has automations or any cool stuff like that, do they draw people in? Is it good for SEO? Are you hitting the right keywords that are going to attract the right people? If your biggest thing on there is free consultation, that's a problem because you don't just want to do free consultations. So free consultation can be like an H3. 
but it doesn't need to be the H1 on your page. The next thing I want you to look at, this can take a little bit of work. So it's pretty much always what I ask people to do is either give us a call or talk to their designer and find out if the alt text in their images has been filled out. Google has no idea what a set of pixels is indicating. So if there's a picture of a flower, it doesn't know that. If it's a picture of a dog, it does not know that. So Google has these things called alt text and description. That's what it reads and that's what it knows. So you are in words telling Google what that picture is. You can also use it to hide some less easy to market terms. For example, if you are all about, you know, if you're if you're selling bras that lift your boobs and keep you from needing to have breast lift surgery, you may be wanting to put the word saggy boobs everywhere through your marketing, but it's really hard to work that into a good H1 headline. Guess what? You can put it in as alt text. You can hide all the words that people are actually searching for in your alt text. You can indicate all kinds of things in your alt text. But please do make sure it makes sense because people who are um, visually impaired or blind use that when they're reading. So if they're looking at your website, it's being read out to them and so is the alt text. And it can be a little jarring when you're reading about, you know, the comfort and protection and this and this and this, saggy boobs, saggy boobs, what? I'm sorry. (laughs) So make sure it still does make sense in context and you can use full sentences. Going back to kind of like how your site works, a couple really important hints for user experience. The number of clicks to get to the good stuff should be as low as possible. If you want people to get somewhere and they need to go through a path of things, that's fine because each path each, sorry, each step on the path is its own goal. And you can track basically through Google Analytics if people got through step one and step two and step three and step four and step five. But if you're trying to, let's say, make a purchase or if you're trying to get people to book that free consultation or if you really want them to check out your gallery because you build these beautiful custom homes and you just want people to look through and see what you can do, You need to make it as simple as possible, even if you have a whole bunch of other important stuff that really matters to you that should be on the front page. It may not have actually earned its place there. It can go somewhere else. But a lot of people are like, no, everyone needs to know about our awards. Everyone needs to know about they need to know all of the information, all of our features, all of our scientific terms, all of the because we have to credentialize. That's not true. For those people who do search for those things, yes, it's a good idea to have that stuff somewhere on your site, but your front page is not that place. So go through and get, again, go back to your goal. What is this site intended to do? And then see how easy you make it for your site to allow your customer, your client, your visitor to do that thing. And if it's frustrating to you, I promise it is way more frustrating to them. The second thing is simple language. Simple language is something that I have been harping about in marketing forever, but it is just as important as when I started harping about it and it doesn't seem to be going away quickly enough for my taste. I want you using language that makes 
the user, the visitor feels smart. Not that it makes you feel smart because look at all the big words I know, but I want you to make me feel smart. I want you to make me feel like I don't need to get a degree before I book that consultation. I want you to get me as a human more than I want you to impress me with your knowledge and grasp of jargon. So go through everywhere. You wouldn't be able to give your site to a six-year-old and have them understand it. And for some, I might go up to 12, maybe a 12-year-old. I have a 15, currently 15-year-old, 13-year-old, and nine-year-old. And all three of them should be able to understand just about every website they're reading. They may not understand why they want the thing that they're being told they want, but they can understand what it is and what the benefits are. The other really, really big thing about a website audit, a lot of people kind of got saddled with mobile-friendly websites rather than mobile responsive. Responsivity to me means so, so much more than just it fits on a little screen. Mobile users are a different type of user. They don't take as much time per page. There's a lot of differences in their behaviors. And you can think through your own mobile behaviors. When you go on a site, you want that buy now button to be right at the top. Even if it's in the middle to the bottom of a website and you're used to scrolling with your thumb, you don't want to. So a mobile responsive site is actually designed for the mobile user which means we often eliminate headers. We often eliminate pretty pictures. Um, We'll move some content around so that the important stuff is front and center. And everything is a little bit more immediate, a little bit more compact. Usually it's a matter of subtracting elements. It's a matter of subtracting things from the the full desktop site into the mobile site. site. Um, A lot of designers I know actually uh, are they designed for mobile first and desktop second. I still don't because to me, they kind of are two separate entities. And like I said, I'm very big on the subtraction side of um, mobile. And I find it very difficult to add once I've done something. I have that like minimalist mind that once I have things that are good, I just, I don't want to add things to it and make it worse. So I do much better when I'm designing, starting from a desktop and then figuring out how that translates into mobile. So if your mobile site is just an identical copy of your desktop site, that's a problem. Last hint, speed test your site. For heaven's sake, speed test your site. Find out if it's going to be coming back really, really fast. It should completely be loading in a second or two. Um, A second is better. Under a second is great. You can use things like tools.pingdom.com. You can Google around. There's speed tests everywhere out the yin-yang. Some are really, really good. Some are just put out there to try to get you to buy stuff so that your results are behind all of these paywalls and stuff, which are stupid. However, all of it is necessary. And at this point, I want you to go open up your website. Take a little walk around. Next episode is going to be hitting a topic near and dear to my heart. It is all about facing your fears. If you like what you heard, please let us know. Hit subscribe, leave us a review, 
And if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, find us at Hala.agency or online everywhere as Hala Connected, H-A-L-A Connected. Until next time, kick ass and live on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.